Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Awesome. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning here. Good morning online. Hello. Good morning to our podcast listeners. And we want to just say a big welcome back to Jade and Ben with Baby Florence. <laughs> no, I was like, don't woohoo, shh, the baby's sleeping. <laughs> no, no, this is their first Sunday back. If you're new with us, our church is flourishing at the moment with um, small little humans coming into our beautiful church family. So Florence is our newest addition. Little baby Florence was only born last Friday, like not a couple of days ago, but the Friday before that. Um, so this is her first church service. And so we welcome you guys. So good that they're here. Oh my gosh, I had Bear when we were in the lockdown of church. So I didn't even come to church. I mean, we couldn't because church was locked down. But I think the first time he came to church was when he was like three or four months or something. So, so they're, doing, they're doing well to be here physically. Um, that is amazing. So like what Livy said, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're new with us, welcome. Whether that's online listening, you're new or you're here physically new, um, just relax. We hope that you feel at home. We hope that you feel welcomed. We hope that you just enjoy um, what Celebration Church is all about. And we are in a month of Miracle Month. Um, so Benaiah is my wonderful husband. He um, launched that last week. We're doing a, a whole month on miracles and believing God for miracles and speaking about them. And this first week we're speaking about healings. Then it's going to be provision and then it's going to be relationship miracles as well. So keep your ears out on social media for that. Like, well, I've already just told you, I was going to say for any announcements. But so next week, we're going to be talking about provision and the week after is relationships. But have your hearts really expectant and really, um, I guess, hungry for God to do something. Even if you know people in your world that need those types of miracles, um, be praying for them, be approaching them to even invite them to come to church, all of those sorts of things. Because um, I think that God responds, and I know that God responds to hunger. And we've always seen it in church before that if we said we're going for something, um, we always see that kind of outbreak of things of miracles and all of that's one thing that we're going for because our, our hearts are turned towards it and our hearts are positioned to receive. So just in your own hearts. Um, and again, all, all, these, all these things are just, wait, have I even said who I am? I'm Charlie. Sorry. I don't even know if I've like introduced myself. For those of you that don't know me, sorry, I'm Charlie. Um, just a random person that comes up and cries in front of you, which I probably will do at some point. If you are new with us and I do get a bit emotional, just go with it. I'm not sad. It's just when I feel his presence and his love moving, it's just my response to him. So I'm sorry if that makes you feel uncomfortable, but it's just who I am. So anyway, so Yes, all these things that we're talking about, it's not like we just want to focus on it for that week and then forget about it. We just feel like as a church, almost like our attention needs to be brought back to the basics again. And healing is something that we believe as Celebration Church, this is one of our core foundations. So we believe that our God is a healer. It's not that we're just focusing on this week and then we're forgetting about it for forever. 
it's just reminding us again about who we are, what our inheritance is when it comes to who God is. So I just want to quickly share... um, We already had some healings take place this week, which is really cool. So a young adult connect, they had a connect and they prayed for a specific person who had anxiety and they felt like the anxiety just totally lifted off them. And they described it as a miracle, which is really cool. If anyone has struggled with that, you know how debilitating that can be sometimes. So for that young person to feel that miracle of that weight lifted is is incredible. And also at youth, we had one of our youth get healed um, and then they then went praying for other people. So it's just like a flow and effect of they got healed, they prayed for um, someone with back pain and then when that back pain left, they were amazed. And so then they went and found other people to pray for, prayed for someone who had a headache and that was healed, prayed for someone who had a sprained ankle and then that, their pain got a lot less. So, so good. Our young people. So good. So good. So good. Um, and we just, if you do experience a healing, if you already have this week or you do in the service or you do throughout the week, please let us know because we believe as well that when we share our testimony of what God has done, that prophesies into somebody else's life what God can do. So in this room, there might be people that need, you know, healing from anxiety. And so I share that testimony and somebody goes, oh, it happened for that person. It can happen for me. If you're in this place and you have back pain, same thing. So we don't just share it to be like, oh, how great is how great am I? Like I'm now healed. Um, it's not something that you should ever have a false humility about. You should be so um, excited to be able to share and give glory back to God because that's all what a testimony is, amen? It's you, you giving glory back to God because it's all about Him anyway. So at the end of the service, we are going to pray for people and I want that to kind of be the main focus. So I'm going to share some thoughts, I guess just to kind of set a platform for people, but then also... If you do have something that you would like healing for, we're going to open it up and some of our team is going to come and pray for you. And we use the term healing as a very blanket term. Um, And I kind of said it before, it can be physical, it can be emotional, it can be mental, it can be a heart thing, it can be you can feel a little bit broken from maybe past or anything like that, any area in your life. So even as I'm talking about it, it's not just physical. If you're sitting there, you're fighting fit and you're living your best life in your body and you're like, oh, you know, that's cool. Um, There might be other areas that you feel like you need healing in and this is what we're talking about as well. But also... It's not so much just if you need the healing. It's to empower you to go and see healing, for you to be the ones that are equipped for the work of the ministry, to go and be Jesus' hands and feet in Jesus' name. Does it sound good? All right. Let me just pray, if that's okay. So just where you're at, just kind of settle in, buckle in for the ride. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. God, you show me a picture before this morning of like a, a funnel of light 
over this place. And it was like direct access from heaven to earth. And I just want to speak that over this place. God, you asked us to, or Jesus, you asked us to pray on earth as it is in heaven. And so I just speak that out into this room that we will be a representation in these moments, in these next couple of moments of heaven, of the truth of heaven, of the power of heaven, of the glory of heaven, of the atmosphere of heaven, where there is no sickness, there is no pain, where every tear is wiped from every eye. I pray that this place will be such a beautiful moment of heaven Jesus, I thank you that there's already your ministering angels in this place. I thank you that there's already supernatural beings in this room tending to people's hearts, tending to people's hurts, speaking life and truth over people. I ask God that we be so aware of you and aware that you are able. God, that there is nothing big for you. There is nothing small for you. There is nothing insignificant for you. You are attentive to every single one of our needs. You know, it says, you know the amount of hairs that are on our head, let alone what we actually need. You know, you are so aware before we utter it, before we pray it out, before we speak it, you know. And so this morning, Jesus, I ask that you would just get any pride, get any doubt, get any anything out of the way, even in myself, God, in me first, obviously, so that you can just come and do only what you can do, that you come and move, that you come and set people free. Jesus, we give you access and we actually give you permission to mess us up (laughs) in the best possible way. We give you permission this morning to undo us in everything that we're trying to hold together, in everything that we're trying to put on. Some people in this place, you put on masks every day of your life. You try and hold it together. You try and make out like it's all okay. I pray that this morning you will be okay to let him unravel you so that he can heal, so that he can put back together, so that he can piece the puzzles back. It's almost like there's broken jars um, shattered on the ground and you've done your very best, but it's like a kid making, I don't know, craft and they've just kind of gathered it all up, gathered all the pieces and plopped it all together with super glue, but it doesn't fit. It doesn't make sense and it doesn't look pretty. I feel like some of you are those broken pots that you have tried to gather and put yourself back together and it's actually hasn't worked and it's not pretty (laughs) and it doesn't fit. And I want you, I pray Holy Spirit that for those people that you will, they allow you to come and just undo some pieces and fit them the way that you have intended them to fit, that you put them back together the way that you have intended them to be whole and healed. I pray for the hearts in this place that are broken. I pray for the people in this place that are hurting. I pray for the wounds. 
the wounds that people have covered up, but that are still bleeding. The wounds from people's past, the the hurt, the disappointment, the things that even people thought they have moved on from, but might still need a little bit of tending to. I pray for hearts to be put back together this morning. Because you are so aware. You so know. And the biggest thing, God, is that you actually care. And someone needs to hear that this morning. The Father cares. He cares if you're healed or not. He cares if you're whole or not. He cares that you still have some wounds and still have some hurts. He actually deeply cares, like a good father should, and maybe the representation of the earthly fathers didn't show that, but a heavenly father cares when his children are hurting, when his children are broken. I watched my son for the first time this morning look unwell. And I care. Benaiah cares. Our hearts are moved. He's 11 months old and he's sniffling and watery eyes and, and it hurts to see him like that. But even more so, perfect love, the perfect love of a heavenly father that is, is so consistent and so whole, looks at you, looks at your situation and he cares. He's moved. So allow him, allow him in, allow him to heal this morning. Father, I thank you that what you have for us is always greater than what we could have imagined. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that this morning will just be a taste of your goodness and your kindness. I want to read this verse. I've said it before when I preach. Don't, don't feel like you need to do anything or be anything. You can just sit and receive however you feel like you need to do that. Um, so Revelation 22 verse 1 is going to be on the screen. Is there like a tissue so I'm not snotting? I just wanted to remind you, church, just quickly of who we are. I actually had beautiful Joe Waters send me this verse a couple of months ago. She said she was praying for our church and she said, I just wanted to send you this to encourage you. And it's just the most beautiful picture. And it, it's nothing really that I'm, I'm talking about, but just for your hearts to remember who we are as a house. Okay? It says, Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street, on either side of the river was a tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. That's who we are called to be, Celebration Church. We are called to be a place that flows with the river of life. That beautiful image, clear as crystal, the water coming from the throne room, directly coming out. And that in it is a tree of life that we get to partake of the goodness of his fruit, but that the leaves are for the healings of the nations. Our house, this house, it's called to, yes, impact you and your hearts, but we are called to be bigger than that 
the healing of our city, then the healing of our nation, then the healing of nations above and like abroad from that. This is our call. This is our anointing. This is our grace. So this morning you sit in this and you receive from it. But remember that there is an extension from this room in Jesus' name. So let's just go through some things. I've already spoken about it, that he is our healer. He is our healer. And this morning, it's not so much, and hear my heart with this, it's not so much you receiving your healing, that it is about you receiving a revelation that he is your healer. Because like I said, and I'll, I'll share that testimony, I had lower back pain and hip pain. I went and I did a dance degree in Sydney. And when I was training for that, I had a ballet teacher who was teaching me and she was skilling me to get ready. And I never knew. And in ballet, obviously, oh, some of you are going to shout, you stand in first position. That's like with your feet and everything's supposed to be turned out and beautiful. I haven't done this for very many years. Um, and as she was training me to get ready to go into this dance school, she said, you know that your hips are out of alignment. And I had never thought about it before. I'd never really witnessed it before. And I was like, oh, okay. Anyway, so that was kind of the first introduction to it. Then I went to dance school. Obviously, there was a lot of dancing and physical exertion. And I remember one of my dance teachers, my other ballet teacher, but in Sydney, it's a little bit more like strict, those old school, you know, ballet teachers that are all very like, I mean, they never like whacked you on the legs, but some of them used to do that. I don't know if anyone here did ballet when they'd come around with a little cane and they'd like whack your knees. If anyway, um, so she didn't do that, but she said to me, she was like, she said, your turnout is really bad because your hips are out of alignment. And she was like, you're probably never, ever going to be a professional dancer because everything doesn't match and everything doesn't fit. Obviously, I was like distraught because I used to love dance and I thought that, that was going to be my career. And anyway, and then ever since that point, I just noticed that the pain got worse and worse and worse. And so it was always my lower back and it was always in my hip flexors. And to the point where, like I said, I used to get prayer for it all the time. Sometimes it would be fine. It would just be a dull ache. Other times it would be excruciating, sharp pain and I couldn't really like function. It would be almost like everything was seizing up. And I still had this pain for years. And I remember this one, bless this one guest speaker, I was in youth. And I said, oh, my lower back's really sore. He's like, okay. And he was one of those real faith preachers of like, you know, the very exciting. And so he was getting my hand and he was like, like, Mark, can you come? Mark will be my demonstrator. Mark will be me. I will be, or maybe actually don't stand there because I might. Anyway, and he said, oh, I'm going to like obviously pray for your healing. And so he grabbed my hand and he was doing this. And like jolting me, sorry, Mark, thank you, thank you, um, jolting me around the stage because that was how he's like, it was very like, you know, like those kind of like a bit intense um, preachers. And I remember being pulled from where Maddie was along the front and I was just thinking, ow, 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 this is not working, ow, ow. Anyway, and... I mean, the shock horror, I didn't get healed. Um, and so there were moments like that where it was very unusual methods. There were other moments where it was just, you know, my connect leader was praying for me or whatever, still didn't get healed. So this has got probably for, I don't know, maybe eight years. 
So for those of you that are waiting for a miracle, when I say I get it, I get it. This is eight years of sometimes excruciating, sometimes dull pain until I got healed. And it was just in a moment, it was just this beautiful moment. We're at Bethel Conference and he was, Bill Johnson was specifically praying for back pain. I stood up, I was like, yep, this is my moment. And it was just like I felt, it was like this dull kind of getting less and less and less. It wasn't like this amazing like, healed. Um, It was just like over the days, it was like, it's getting a little bit less, getting a little bit less. To one time I stood up for prayer, but I had his hand on my back and I looked at him and I was like, I don't think I'm in pain anymore. He was like, amazing. But it took, like I said, it was years. And then like I was able, then we had a baby, I was pregnant, I had a good pregnancy, I wasn't in this excruciating pain. So trust me when I say that he is healer. If you ask me, and I'm going to be so honest, why do some people get healed and other people don't? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not God. I don't know why it took me eight years to get healed and then it happened over three days and it was like this beautiful moment. I don't know. I don't know why, whether it was, he was, it was my faith that was being tested, whether it was just this journey. I don't know whether it was just his timing before I had a baby. I don't know. But I know that he's a healer and I know that it happens. And I think sometimes that we seek the healing, like I was saying, over those eight years, if I was just seeking the healing, but I wasn't seeking the healer, I would have fallen off really long ago. Because when you don't see what you're seeking, that can be so discouraging and so disheartening. And so this morning, it's not about us seeking a healing as it's as much about you getting a revelation that He is healer. And so this morning, it's all about Him. And Benai mentioned it last week as well, when we're talking about miracles, It's not about us seeking His hand, the hand out of God, what can you do for us? But it's us seeking His face. This is who you are. This is your character. This is what you are made up of. Provision is who you are. Healing is who you are. Restoration is who you are. It's not about what can you do for me, God? It's about I want to know you, God. And then I want to partake in knowing you. So like I said, we're talking about physical, emotional and mental Psalm 147 verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and He binds up their wounds. Like I said, if you are here this morning and you have a broken heart, good news. He heals the brokenhearted and He binds up your wounds in Jesus' name. And Jesus is our perfect example of this. Like I said, when we look at Jesus' life, He is the one who was the perfect incarnation of God in flesh, the Father in flesh, and He's our perfect theology. And so when people, I get very confused when people think that healing was for then, but it's not for now. I don't understand that because I think if Jesus is our representation, then that is what our walk should be. That is what we should be looking at. John 5 verse 19 says, Therefore Jesus answered and was saying to them, Truly, truly. You know, whenever Jesus starts with truly, truly, you need to listen up. I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, these things the son also does in like manner. And let's just put up on the screen. I was going to give you all the references, but it would have taken me too long. So I did the easy, easy way out. This is a list of Jesus' miracles and when they took place. 
So if Jesus could only do what he saw the Father doing, this is it. And if Jesus is the perfect representation of what it looks like to walk with the Father in you know, union with the Father and working alongside him, then this is us. Look at the healings. He heals an official son. He heals Peter's mother-in-law with a sick fever. He heals many sick and oppressed at evening. At evening. He heals a centurion's paralyzed servant. He heals a paralytic who was let down from the roof. He heals a man's withered hand on the Sabbath. He raises a widow's son from the dead. Then he calms the storm. He casts out demons, which I believe is healing of your mind. He heals a woman in the crowd with the issue of blood. He raises Jairus' daughter back to life. He heals two blind men. He heals a man who was unable to speak. Let's go to the next one. He heals a man, an invalid at Bethesda. (laughs) That one. He heals many sick. He heals a Gentile woman, demon-possessed daughter. He heals a deaf and a dumb man. He heals a blind man. He heals a man born blind. He heals a boy with an unclean spirit. He heals blind. He heals a woman who has been crippled for 18 years. He heals a man with dropsy. He cleanses 10 lepers. He raises Lazarus from the dead. He restores sight. Is there more? I think there's one more. Maybe not one more. Was this 37? Ah, No. No, that's okay. And then there was two more, but that's okay. So Jesus' whole life, yes, he calms a storm. Yes, he turns water into wine. He does other things that aren't healings, but majority of those things is healing. Yes? So let's believe that if Jesus did it, that is our inheritance. We are called to heal. We are called to, and when I say we, let's be real, I cannot heal somebody. I am not able and equipped to go and put things back together and pull out tumours and make limbs grow back and put eyes back into sockets. I am not able to do that, okay? But it is our mission and it is our inheritance to love people enough to move towards them in their infirmity, to pray for them and to ask Jesus to do the healing. He is always the one that heals. There is no pressure on you to heal, 100%. But there should be a responsibility on us to be Jesus' hands and feet and to give people an opportunity to find healing and to find restoration and to find salvation. He is our example. And I love that. I love that throughout the Bible, like I said, he was disrupted so many times in his mission, in his day-to-day, but he stopped and he saw the need. He saw the one and then he healed and he brought kingdom. He brought heaven to earth. He brought the perfect example of the Father into people's atmospheres and into people's walks, which is so cool. I love it. Do we love it? Yes. In 1 Peter 2, it says, he, bore, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. I'm going to give this quote from Bill Johnson. It is inconsistent to have Jesus pay a price for healing and for us to believe it is not God's intention to heal. It's very inconsistent. If you call yourself a Christian, if you believe that Jesus bore our sin on the cross, if you believe that he died and rose to life again, if you believe everything that his example was in the scripture, and yet today 
You don't pray for any sick people. You don't believe that you will ever be healed. You sit in infirmities. It is very inconsistent to what Jesus actually has accomplished. And that's the thing. It's not something that we have to strive or fight for. The victory has already been won by Him. He's already paid the price. All we have to do is walk in it and live in it and be available to be used by Him to see those things be taken place. I think that it is always God's intention to heal. Like I said, I actually am, I am, I was going to say I'm prideful enough. I'm not prideful enough. I am humble enough to admit I don't have the answers for every theological question. I don't know why God doesn't heal, but I think that His intention is to heal. I think that His heart is for wholeness and healing and restoration. And I think that that is always His goal. I think that if God didn't want to heal, Jesus wouldn't have walked around and healed people because He just wanted to. Why would He have cared? If He didn't see the Father doing it, if He didn't think it was the Father's will, He says He wouldn't have done it. But he did, and he did it over and over and over again. And he did it sometimes in the most bizarre ways. He rubbed mud on a man's eyes from spit. Like, if that was you, you would just be like, whoa, Jesus. Like, is it just another way that you could do this? Like, he did things that were unconventional. He did things that didn't make sense to his disciples, even culturally, was so wrong. He healed people on the Sabbath, which people said, you know, you can't do that. You can't go and do work on the Sabbath. And his response was, don't you untie your donkey and let it go out for water on the Sabbath? Like he was pretty much saying, you care about giving your donkey water, but you don't care about humans that need healing and truth and being set free. His example was so ridiculous and I love it. I love it so much. I love that the way that he interacts with the people around him during those times, the way that he talks about his healings, the way that sometimes he's just so matter of fact about it. Even when the centurion came to him and said, you know, oh, my son, my son is dying, but don't, you don't have to come to my house because, you know, I'm not worthy of you to come. And Jesus was like, and the centurion said, you know, you, you, I'm a man of power. I say, go, people go. I say, come, people come. I understand the power that you have. You just do it. He didn't even have to lay hands on the boy and he was healed. He just said the words and the boy came back to life. Oh, it's so cool. And even on that, talking about testimonies prophesying, there's been so many cool testimonies of people, you know, even in this setting, you know, I'm talking about healings right now. I'm talking about things. And somebody listening online could be experiencing it from where they're at. There was a story of um, at Bethel when someone, Bill Johnson was talking about the healing of anxiety and someone in another country, wasn't even in the same time zone, was watching the service in a different realm, different realm, different like time zone, different place. And they watched it and they were just listening to this testimony of this person that got healed and where they were, they got healed just from that. And it's just, it's, it's so good. But at the same time, we doubt so much, don't we? We think, oh, I'm not going to go and get prayer because what if it doesn't happen? God can move across time zones, across nations, across, you know, different platforms to be able to speak into people's worlds what they are needing in that time and for them to find healing in Jesus' name. Like I said, this is our mission. It is who the Father is. This is the reality of who we serve. This is the reality of our God. He is a healer. Jesus modelled it to us so beautifully. He modelled it to us in so many different ways. Oh, like he said, if you need to take a photo of that thing and go and look up all of the references, it's all through the Gospels. He did it. 
But then now he gives us the commission to do it. We can't just sit and go, well, that was great for you, Jesus. He tells us in Matthew 10 verse 8, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, freely you received, freely give. And this was his commission when he sent out the 72 disciples to go and minister. And he said that to them. He gave them that charge. And I believe that it is still relevant to us today. Because what else are we going to (laughs) do? What else are we going to do? This, another quote. Oh man, I read it and I was like, It says, any revelation from God's word that does not lead us to an encounter with God only serves to make us more religious. The church cannot afford form without power because it creates Christians without purpose. If you are in this place and you say that you're a Christian, but you don't believe in the power of our almighty God. What is our purpose? (laughs) We just become like a country club or like, you know, the Lions Club. And they're great and they do incredible work for our community. They're nice people. They do good things. But if we don't have the resurrection power that Jesus has already paid for on the cross, that he's already won the victory over and we get to walk in it every single day of our lives. If we don't access that power and we're just good people, we're just nice Christians, we just smile at the checkout chick and tell her she's doing a good job, then that's great. But that does not give you a lot of purpose. Just to be a good person, just to be a nice Christian, that does not give you a lot of purpose because I believe that it is our inheritance to go and heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse the lepers, to cast out demons because I have so freely received. It is so stubborn and prideful of me if I do not freely give because all of us know that we are in a hurting, broken, lost world that needs some hope, that needs some life, that needs some healing, that needs some freedom and it is our responsibility and if you don't believe that then that's okay but maybe this church is not for you because we 100% believe that as Christians we are called to do something. We are not called to come here every Sunday and get fatter and fatter and fatter with the Word and then just go home and just be nice. You know what? I know some people, and it's such a bad thing to say in terms of it's good for them, but it's probably bad for us. You know those people, and you probably like will understand, maybe you'll understand, maybe you won't. And the way that I describe them, like I have some, I have some people that I know, and I said to Benar, I'm like, you know, they're like almost Christian. Like they're like the type of people that they're so nice, but they're not, like they're not yet saved. But that whole mentality of they're pretty much like a Christian because they're so nice. And then I think, whoa, is that our benchmark? Is that our benchmark for being a Christian? Is that our benchmark that we're so nice? Like those people that are, are really nice and they you know, they do the right thing and they're generous with their time and they're very kind, that that's it? Like I should not be saying anybody that does not know Jesus is close to being a Christian because if they're not accessing the power of Jesus, that we should be accessing, 
then they're so totally different from us. What sets you apart this morning, church? What sets you apart from your workmates, from your colleagues, from your friends, from your family? Is it that you have the resurrection power of Jesus flowing through your veins that when you see someone who is sick, when you see someone who is hurting, when you see someone who is wounded, that you are so desperately moved because you know that's the Father's heart to heal, that then you walk towards Him and you say, can I just pray with you? Can I please just introduce you to the resurrection power of my Jesus. Can I please just pray for you and ask that God comes and does a miracle. It has nothing to do with me, but I want you to feel His love in this moment, a love that heals, a love that sets free. Do you do that, church? You know what was really sad? Can I just be really real? Our incredible creative team, incredible creative team, we wanna get testimonies of what God's doing in people's lives. And every service, we would love to show a video, like, you know, how we were doing those testimonies of how people got saved in our church. If you were here, you know, last year we were doing that. Yeah, that was so encouraging. We loved hearing people's stories. Our incredible creative team put out a call for somebody to share a testimony of healing. There was no video this morning because no one put their hand up. As a church, as a pastor, I go, we can preach all we want. We can say amen and lift our hands all we want. But if there is not an outflowing response to what we hear in the way that we live and the way that we act, we are not really doing very much. And there is no doubt that even as I said that, there's a lot of people here that would be like, I have healing, I have testimonies, ask me, ask me, ask me. And that's amazing. And I know that there is. But it also was kind of a little bit of a, they call it like a litmus test, like where we're up to. If they couldn't find someone to share about what God has done in their life in terms of healing, I think we can change that 100%. But change it today. Like, do we actually believe that our God can heal? I'm asking, do you actually believe? Yes. Has anyone had a healing, seen a healing, received a healing, know someone who has been healed? Amazing. So there is people, yes. I just think that as a church, like I said, this should just be our culture. This should just be our overflow. This should just be, you meet one of us down the street and we're going to pray for you if we see you limping because we're thinking, you know, you need to be healed because that's not right. If you see somebody who, I don't know, whatever, that you are the person that's out there on the front line going, can I pray for you? And there are so many incredible testimonies across the world. We have friends from Sydney. They've just taken on a church, similar ages to Benara and I. And I messaged her this week and said, how's it going being senior pastors? And she said, it's been so encouraging seeing the healings starting to come out of our service. They had an arm being healed inside of their service that was in a cast and the person couldn't move it past a certain point, got prayed for and they're waving it around and they're lifting it around. This only happened a couple of weeks ago. It's happening in other churches. We've got to be a church that is hungry for it, but that also believes God for it because this is His heart and this is His intention. When I say healing, like I said, it's mind, body, spirit, mental, physical, all of that sort of thing. It doesn't just stop with, I have a sniffle. And by the way, that can also be healed. 
Never think that something is too small. Pastor Nat was talking to me in the office about this and he said, sometimes we don't share our testimonies because we think maybe they're too small. I love that on Friday night, one of our youth girls saw a headache get healed and she celebrates that. And then she goes, I'm going to go find someone else to pray for because that was such an incredible moment for her. How much do we get so complacent with what God does that we then forget to share it because we think that it has to be something like a cancer or like a a limb growing back or something being raised from the dead. But God can do even the littlest miracles that are the greatest miracles in people's life. In Jesus' name, so never think it's too small and also never think that it's too big. In Jesus' name. And I've shared before, I kind of remember when it was, but I I remember I was sharing about the crazy Smith's Wigglesworth testimonies where he would put his hand on people's ginormous tumours popping out of their head and he'd pray for them and then they'd squash back in. Like, imagine that. Imagine just being like, oh my gosh, he had another, another boy that came and his legs were uneven and he held the boy's legs. The boy's sitting on the seat. He held the boy's legs and they that grew back in his hand in front of him. And he's like, yeah, that's normal because that's just my God. If we saw that today, we'd be like, what? <laughs> what is happening? I probably, I probably would. He, incredible, went to a funeral and God had told him that the person who had died was going to be brought back to life. So he went to his funeral and picked up his body from the casket and threw it up against the wall and said, in Jesus' name, lived and dropped the body and the body dropped. He did that three times at somebody's funeral until he came back to life because Jesus had said so. How many things do we just think is so ridiculous? But if Jesus has said it, that we should get the tenacious passion and faith to be able to like, you know what? Our God can. If He said it, sounds crazy. Let's do it. And He did it and He did it three times. (laughs) My gosh. The faith to do it once, then to do it another two times. By the third time, he'd be like, come on. All the family's like looking at me about to, I don't know. Um, But those types of things. Now, I'm not saying please don't go around to people's funerals, go to like, you know, the narrow cemetery and don't do that. Unless you feel like God has told you, please get a really strong word from God. But our God is able He's able to do exceedingly above and beyond what we could hope, dream or imagine. Alicia, I'll get you back up on keys. Actually, I'll just get the whole band back up. This is who we're called to be, a celebration church. And like I said, it's not just a once off. It's not just let's today focus on healings and then we forget all about it. This is called, uh, we are called to be this. We cannot do anything unless we see the Father doing it first. And I love it. I love that that's what he says. He heals the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. Jesus commissions us, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You've received, now go and give. You've received, now go and give. So just where you're at, we're just going to have a moment just to close your eyes. We're just going to respond to this in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. What are you doing with the resurrection power that you've been given? Thank you, Jesus.
just going to read 1 Peter 2 again, 24 says, He bore your sins in his body on the tree that you can die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you are healed. So this morning, Jesus, we firstly just say thank you. We say thank you for the price that you paid. We say thank you that you took every infirmity, every sickness, everything that is not of you and you took it upon yourself. And you didn't just take it upon yourself, Jesus, but you took it to the grave and you overcame it in victory. And this morning, it is such an honour and it's such a privilege to be able to just sit and partake in what you have already won for us. And this morning across this room, this morning across this room, we just ask Holy Spirit for you to heal, for you to set free, for you to speak life, that you are a healer. You have always been a healer. Your son modelled this in the most perfect way and then passed it on to us as our inheritance to walk in. God, I thank you that it doesn't matter how big, it doesn't matter how small, it doesn't matter how impossible it seems, that you are a healer of the brokenhearted, that you bind up people's wounds, that you heal sicknesses, disease, infirmities, that you do it in the most beautiful way and you do it in the most bizarre way. God, that you are faithful and your promises are still true today as they were years and years and years ago. You're a faithful, good God. And so we just pray, I just pray. That you come and you heal. And just as you're sitting there, we're going to finish the service in a second and then we'll get people down the front if they want hands-on ministry. But I want to give an opportunity for everybody just to receive his healing. I'm just going to get Nat to play and I just want you to just sit there and just receive. Whether it's your broken heart, whether it's wounds from the past, whether it's something physical, pain in your body, whether it's mental anxiety, fear, depression. Even if it's just your, your filter of God, your filter of healing, your filter of his power. If there's anything in you, just sit and just receive, just for a couple of minutes. We won't take long. Thank you, Jesus. There's such a beautiful sense of his presence. And... If you know Heidi Baker, she's an incredible woman who ha runs a ministry out of Mozambique. And she has this quote, and it's so accurate. If she says, you can achieve more in one minute in the presence of God than you can in 20 years of striving on your own. You can achieve more in one minute in the presence of God than you can in 20 years of striving on your own. She runs this ministry called Iris Ministries that 
sees healings, that sees incredible, incredible, miraculous things. And that's what she boils it down to. It's sitting in the presence. And so I know that I take time with that. I know that we, we linger a little bit, especially if ever I'm preaching, but I just think it's so much better you sitting with him in a moment than, than anything else. And we can't become familiar with that. We can't become too busy with that. We can't become rushed with that. Sometimes in the still and the quiet moments of sitting in his presence and just waiting. And it costs you something. Even now, it costs you. It costs your attention. It costs your focus. Some of you want to rush and, and get things done in your day. But it, it costs time to just sit with him. But I promise you, it's always worth it. It's always worth it. The moments that you spend with him, it's better than anything else that you can achieve in your day today. <laughs> promise you that. So what we're going to do is just try and keep that atmosphere. I'm just going to ask, if you can, it's okay if you want to keep seated, but if you can, I'll just get you to stand and I'm just going to pray for you all before we go. But then I'll invite anyone that wants to come and get actual hands-on prayer with some of our team. We're going to make room for that as well. So, Father, I thank you that you are a healer. I thank you that your son modelled it so perfectly and that it is now our birthright and our inheritance to be able to walk in your resurrection power and so I pray for our church family, whether they're online, listening on podcasts or here physically, that as they go out this week, that they'll be able to experience that healing power of you in their every day, in their every moment, God. Physical healing, emotional healing, mental healing. Father, I pray for opportunities for them to go and be your hands and your feet. I pray for opportunities for them to go into their families and their workplaces and our city and minister your love and minister your healing. I pray for testimonies. I pray for breakthroughs. I pray for things that just unlock the broken and the hurting in our city in such a beautiful way, God. And I pray for every single one of them here as well, that you will just overwhelm them with the truth of who you are, that you are a good God, that you are a healer, that you love them, that you are aware of their needs, that you know everything that is going on in their world, God, and you care and you're present. Father, I thank you that you never give up, you never abandon, you never let go, but you're always with us, teaching, walking, correcting, loving. We pray for protection over our church families as they go out this week. In Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.